1: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data Fixed Median Download Speeds USQ3
2: 2023. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else.
3: Seals talk during the break. Their season is uh, coming out <laughs> December 9th. Very soon. Our biggest fan contest is actually presented now by the San Diego Seals. Tickets are on sale now at sealslax.com. Woods, you'll be back on the microphone. Never miss the game, buddy for another year as the uh, public address announcer there at Pechanga Arena. And don't forget, we're less than 15 minutes away now from calling the next name in our biggest fan contest. So, hey, you made it this far. You might as well make it another 15 minutes to see if you're called because you will have to call us back. Within 10 minutes to qualify for our sweet night at a Padres game next year. 9-15 this morning here on Ben and Woods coming up momentarily.
4: Thank you to my beloved Seals for sponsoring that. We got the uh, kiss of death. We are favored to win the championship this oh, year. Oh, y- are yeah, 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 the betting favorite. So... I don't like it. You were pretty good favorites last year, too, weren't you? You know how yeah. I feel about it. I'd like to be picked middle of the pack and then exceed expectations. It's hard to be, you know, it's hard to live up to those. But I'm really excited to run it back for another year. Um, we picked up some great players in the off season. We made some really tough moves, and uh, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. Padres made a couple of moves over the weekend. The most
3: significant, the trade. Of Scott Barlow to the Cleveland Guardians for uh, right-handed relief pitcher Eniel Delos Santos. We discussed it uh, earlier, broke it down. It's a cost-cutting move for sure, but we also kind of kind of like like the, the, deal. the deal and the player that the Padres are getting has been very good against righties. Uh, the trick is can Ruben Niebla and the coaching staff get him a little more effective against lefties? Because you don't want to have, especially with that three batter minimum rule. You're vulnerable to pinch hitters late in the game if you've got a guy who can only get consistently batters out from one side of the plate. Couldn't agree more,
4: Ben. Oh, bless you. You had to sneeze. Yeah. I had to yawn. That was a, quite a confluence that's, that's of That's the time there. for
3: Italian Paul to jump in and <laughs> give us uh, our Rindle Report. It's the Italian Paul Report. Yeah. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report.
2: Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet.
5: We'll start off in Major League
2: Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Beats? It's the Rindle Report. Hey,
3: Paul, how are you doing? Okay, how are you?
2: On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to blast the moon?
6: I need some help, please.
2: <laughs> that was good. Can I get a whole oh, yeah.
0: oh, yeah. All right.
4: All right. Take it away, my
3: Sup friend. Saw videos of Polly this weekend. Shooting things. Skeet. Skeet. Poor
4: skeet. <laughs> Defenseless skeet. He said it's fine because he eats what he shoots. <laughs> so uh, the thought of Polly eating a skeet. After he how do you shot you pre- it, how
3: do you prepare a skeet? Is like pan fried or yeah, deep fried. Deep fried skeet. Like cover a little powdered sugar huh. on top.
4: Delicious, like a like fair. a funnel cake. Like a fair. He shot it too. I yeah. was very impressed. I gotta say, I've never shot skeet, but I feel like they'd be like, did he get to yell? I always wanted to yell. Pull, pull. Yeah, he did. He did. There's a video and everything. I will ask him all about <laughs> yeah, it. He'll, he'll be talk, back tomorrow. We'll talk to Paulie tomorrow.
3: He'll be back. But for now, Frank Marchese with the uh, the Rindle Report today.
5: So you guys pretty much mentioned it a little bit before, but we'll go into more depth now. Uh, The first big name is off the board in MLB Free Agency as Aaron Nola is going back to Philadelphia. Nola and the Phillies agreed to a seven-year, $172 million contract worth roughly $24.5 million a year until 2030. Uh, while this deal has everything to do with Nola and the Phillies, it also does have an indirect impact on the Padres as this signing now sets the market for starting pitchers. Aaron Nola is coming off the season where he went 12-9 with a 4.46 ERA through 193 and 2 two-third innings over 32 starts. Not the greatest numbers compared to the rest of Nola's career, but not terrible either. If an average season for a guy like Nola... Nets him $24.5 million per year. How much do you think the Padres are going to have to fork over to retain the reigning, defending Cy Young winner?
4: I don't know. I can't tell uh, if I'm Blake Snell. What do, I th- what do I think about that deal? If I'm Blake Snell and I see what Nola just got, knowing I just want a Cy Young, but also knowing that many people around baseball think, I don't know, man, like, we've said it. We're huge Blake Snell fans, and we said, you cannot continue at this pace Of walking a ton of guys and expecting to get out of it, while you do have phenomenal, phenomenal get out, you know, get out of jail stuff. How long is it sustainable? It was sustainable this season, and he he parlayed it into a Cy Young. But if you're Blake Snell, what do you think about this deal for Aaron Nola? I think you're happy about it. I think you're. I mean, seven years. That's a
3: that's an insane amount of time for a pitcher with the mileage. Aaron Nola's been pitching a decade in the big leagues. I know he's only thirty, but he's pretty much been with the Phillies for 10 years.
4: 22 is when he debuted. He is, uh, as this article says, he's one of the most dependable pitchers in the league. He averaged Ben's 32.6 starts a season. I think it's a really good deal for him. I think it's a really good deal for the Phillies. Look, you don't make these moves. You don't sign guys like this. Unless you are 100... They got so close the last two seasons. They don't want to upset... They don't want to have to replace him with a Blake Snell or a Sonny Gray or anything like that. That's their guy. And they trust him. And I, they know him. I know
3: it's a pot calling the kettle black as a Padres fan, but it seems like the Phillies are going to regret this in a couple of years. I mean... His numbers but not are if already win going a world series. His win. numbers are already going in the wrong direction. 4.46 ERA, is that what you said, Frank? 4.46. 4.46 yeah. four, four, last season. That's that's less an aberration than probably the start of a trend in his 30s that he's going to be more of a 4 4 to 5 ERA pitcher the but, rest of his career the, and you're paying
4: that much for a 4 to 5 ERA pitcher? You're ne- you're not Somebody's going to Right. Somebody's going to. They feel like their window. What if they But I think a, Blake Snell will be more dominant in the first like three years? Two to three of years. Whatever whatever contract
3: he signs than Nola, who may not ever be dominant again. He'll be he'll be depth and he'll be dependable probably. I mean you can never even count on that with a pitcher. But I would say Blake Snell will be more dominant for the first couple of
4: seasons with whatever team he signs with. Well, depending on where he goes, how long it takes him to get comfortable true we know that's a thing (laughs) you know with snell it could be so so next year and the next two years after that could be great
3: just before you go on to the next story since you did say phillies are all in i saw a suggestion from our friend david schoenfield with espn who said if the phillies really want to be all in they should really push hard to try to trade for mike trout bring him back home to philly and put him in the lineup like right behind or right in front of bryce harper and even though it's a you know massive contract to take on, they can probably convince the Angels with Shohei Otani almost certainly leaving to go into full rebuild, you know, get, get some prospects for him and just put all your eggs now in the we're winning a World Series in the next two to three years basket I mean, I got, if you're the Phillies.
4: I mean if you need a guy for 89-90 games maybe Mike Trout could be your guy but it's he made the point that the Phillies
3: as dominant as their offense can be really is fairly mediocre in in the big picture on the road they were a flat dead average offense he pointed out when they got cold in the against the Diamondbacks the last few games of the playoffs they hit like 170 against the Diamondbacks those last few games in the NLCS. They got no hit by the Astros in the World Series. They are a feast or famine offense, and the one thing that Trout does when he's on the field, gets on base consistently. Harper does it as well. That would be a pretty, when he's healthy, that would be a pretty devastating
4: one-two combination near the top of a lineup. Which is hard, man. Like, I, you know, we have Matt's a Philly fan in the chat, and he's like, I hate the length of this deal. Of course you do. Of course you do. But you'd rather have him than, say, the Braves getting him. Or... The Mets getting him. He he pitched really well in the postseason. You can trust him there. He's meant for that moment. You figure you're going to get back to that moment. Does he help you win a World Series in the next three years? The answer is unequivocally yes. Unequivocally. You may not. But he does not hurt your chances at winning a World Series in the next three years.
5: As a Met fan, I hate you for putting that... Trout to the Phillies. Sorry. Into I did. The Walls David Schoenfeld. I that. It's did
4: worse it. than what we heard over the weekend that the Dodgers are making a push for Otani and Trout together.
5: I don't have as much at stake in that, But Fair either enough. way, uh, baseball may be my first love, but auto racing is my biggest and most unwavering passion. You love, I love everything auto racing. That was until the FIA and Formula One decided to put on a circus in Las Vegas over the weekend. Let's run through the disaster that this weekend was. Tickets for the race averaged around $3,000 for grandstand tickets. There were tickets as high as 16000 for VIP packages. Uh, the first practice session was canceled after the first eight minutes because the Ferrari of Carlos Sainz was destroyed after a manhole cover came loose, forcing repairs to the track. Uh, because of those repairs, the second practice session didn't get started until... 2.30 in the morning. Not only were cars on track at 4 a.m. on a weeknight, fans were forced to leave the track before the second practice session started with uh, with the event citing logistical concerns. Now, because Thursday got delayed, there's a I think in the FIA, you have to have 18 hours between free practice two and three. So that means with everything on Thursday getting pushed back, everything on Friday then got sure. pushed back as well. Um all of that aside though the race itself was one of the more exciting races of the season unless you're like me a Ferrari but fan and isn't
4: that what really matters?
5: Yes. Seeing Max Verstappen take his 18th win yeah, in insane. 21 races. Is he
4: the Tiger Woods of auto racing? There was probably a time back in, in Tiger's come up when you that like old school golfers were like all right this is now getting to the absurd point. This, this uh, Other guys need to win I, to help I grow mean, with, the sport?
3: With Tiger, though, you knew it was him. It wasn't he had the better equipment or He's, anything. With he race, actually had the worst equipment. Really, they argued that Nike stuff was the worst really, equipment. The yeah, the worst worst equipment. equipment. <laughs> in auto racing, you just wondered, is he just He just has the better car no, every single week. No, but you still have, you start to Stappen, get it
2: around.
5: Verstappen's raw talent is undeniable. Right. He is fantastic in a car that car that he is in right now that red bull is helping him immensely
4: i heard it was awesome though i didn't watch
3: it um, it's 10 i watched o'clock. i, I watched asleep. the first half of it before i fell asleep and it was it was actually entertaining the pre race though was Mental. fascinating to me did, did you didn't watch any it's of embarrassing. this? so so their broadcaster he was a former driver martin brundle is his name yes. Br- british guy drove for benetton and, back in the and past. the pre game show is essentially him with a He's got a cam. He's got a cameraman who's got a camera on their shoulder, and he's got a microphone, and just walks the grid. And there's it's it's tons. It's celebrities. It's it's crew chiefs. It's you know maintenance guys, and he'll just randomly start coming up and talking to celebrities. It makes me so nervous to watch him do this because there's no way you can identify every single one of them. He's just walking up to gets people wrong too. Oh yeah, all the time. I oh, mean, wow. he goes it's it's Shaq, and then he's walking up to. um a driver, and then it's, it's, it's chaos. He it wheels is absolute yeah. wheels-off chaos of a gridwalk pregame show. And then um, and then he goes up, and he's like the color commentator for the Sky Sports, mm-hmm. the F1 broadcast. Who's the play-by-play guy? Uh, David Croft. David Croft, the British gymnast. The British no? gymnast sure. who at the end of the race goes, what Verstappen's <laughs> in Vegas stays in Vegas, uh. is his they call just the British Auto racing, Jim Nance at the end. I I'm love so that. ready
4: for Thanksgiving break. I can't even tell you. <laughs> Look how giddy he was. I didn't, I to, didn't even. I didn't to come get up with it. to that joke
5: though. It, it's just, it's so embarrassing. But Verstappen <laughs> took his 18th, 18th win in 21 races, with Charles Leclerc passing Sergio Perez in the final set of corners on the final lap to take second. Uh, the circus around the race was embarrassing, cringy. It'll and be not better next all. year, though.
4: Because you no, it won't. It because will. It's Vegas. Lo- no. Yeah, but you learn. They've got the paddock built now. You learn the paddock. Is that what they call it? Yeah. 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 Look at me. Like in horse racing, they call it a paddock. <laughs> no, like crisp <laughs> Paddock, relentless. Loud wow, thunder. heavy. Uh, no, it, it will be better because they know what they they know how to price it better. They know what they they know what they they know the mistakes they made. I think it will be much better next year. And like you said, by all accounts. The race itself was phenomenal. People yeah, where, loved it. Where it mattered. It looked cool. The, it, cur- the turn around the sphere. Insane. It was, was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Does it make you, <laughs> who's not a Formula One I watcher. I watched some of it. Does it make you want to watch I can't say I watched any of the other races. Right. I,
3: I don't know. But I watched that one, at least part of it. Problem is, a lot of the races are on at like
5: 2 in the morning, because most of them take place in Europe.
2: Yeah. All
5: right. So, finally, the last thing here. As the legendary Tommy Callahan said in the movie Tommy Boy... A lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah,
4: I did like me. I did. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, they're called doctors, and apparently they're also called Utah Utes quarterback Cameron Rising. After Utah coach Kyle Whittingham announced that Rising, who, who suffered an injury at the Rose Bowl in January against Penn State, uh, would be shut down for the rest of the year without even taking a snap, Rising announced on his social media that he will return to the Utes for his seventh season in college football. How did this happen? Well, Rising started his college career in 2018 at Texas, where he was redshirted. He then transferred to Utah in 2019, where he was again redshirted. Yep, there's two. He then trans. Uh, he then played one game, thanks to COVID and injuries, in 2020. So there's his freshman year. Started his sophomore and junior years of 21 and 22. And didn't play this year, which would have been his senior year, leaving him open for another year of eligibility. At what point do you just say, you know what, bleep it, I'm going for the record of being the oldest college football player
4: ever? He'll get it, right? This will be, he'll be, how old? I, I'm, not
3: I, I'm just impressed that during Cam Rising seven years of college football, the Aztecs will have gone through 48 bad quarterbacks yeah, no question. in seven years at no the question. same
4: time. More breaking news uh, in the world of baseball from Jeff Passan, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Man. Oh, boy. Right-hander Lance Lynn and the St. Louis Cardinals are in agreement on a one-year deal with a club option that guarantees around $10 million. Drafted by the Cardinals, returns. Pending a physical, as they help or try to rebuild. They still so loved having
3: a uh, over-the-hill Adam Wainwright last yeah, year. They, that they're going to have an over-the-hill Lance, Lance Lynn. He's
4: going home in their rotation this year. One-year proven deal with an option, a club option. So good for him. By the way, do you know who the oldest Division One college football
5: player was? I don't. Really uh, Joe Thomas Senior. He played for South Carolina State in 2016 at the age of
3: 55.
4: 55 wow. years he old. He is the oldest uh, Division One.
5: He's about the fourth oldest college football player ever, though.
3: My colleague Steve just did a, a story on a junior college player in town, I think at Cuyamaca College. He's like 40, he's like 42. He's got two teenage kids. What's he play? He's on the line, offensive line. He plays football. Football, okay. yeah. Yeah, went back. He had eligibility and playing jc and if he can uh, get a, a scholarship or an invitation he wants to play d2 or d3 next year not bad so it's never too late woods if you want to go back and play college football not that good. dream of yours um, yeah no, that you bad. always had I'm all good. right thank you uh Thanks frank Italian Italian Paul. Italian Paul, no with the Rindel Paul, report paulie will be back uh, tomorrow right now it's time to announce our biggest fan For the day, if you hear your name called, you will have 10 minutes to call us back and qualify for our grand prize drawing of 20 tickets to a 2024 Padres game in the Odyssey Suite to watch with all your friends and all of the fans' hosts jocelyn south from oceanside you are the biggest fan this morning jocelyn you've got 10 minutes now to call us at 833-288-0973 call in get into the hopper for the grand prize drawing if you don't have your name in yet you can still do so visit 973 the fan biggest fan today biggest fan contest is presented by the san diego seals tickets on sale
4: now at seals Lacs. All right, we got Jay Paris coming up at 9.30. Talk about his uh, pretty brilliant audio that uh, was making the rounds. Talk some Padres baseball with him.
3: The uh, Hall of Fame ballot just came out Saw for uh,
4: 2024
3: as well. we'll I see a that. lock on there for sure. Coming up after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fail. We'll be right back.
0: Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours.
2: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex, Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived!
3: no chance Jocelyn was going to miss out in the YouTube
1: chat. So, all back
3: in. Within 10 minutes, uh, and it's today's biggest fan. So, her name goes into the drawing for our grand prize, Sweet Nights, at a 2024 game at Petco Park. What a prize that is. Yeah, Sweet Very Nights exciting. are the best. Very exciting. Again, 97.3thefansd.com slash fan to register. Contest brought to you by the San Diego Seals. couple of baseball notes. During the break, uh, it is official. Star Japanese pitcher Yoshinobo Yamamoto. I'm doing that off the top of my head. You nailed it. Uh, is officially posted, and teams can begin negotiating. They've got that, what is it, like a six-week period or something?
4: The window begins at 8 a.m. Eastern time on November 21st. That's tomorrow. The signing club must submit terms no later than 5 p.m. Eastern time on January 4th. So about so, yeah six weeks. So there's a, a deadline there, which I I love that idea of having a deadline. This you know premier free agents sitting there deep into January, February. When did we sign Manny? February. February was excruciating. Both the originally and his yes, uh, yes. extension. The extension was not as excruciating, but the the original one when you know everyone thought he was going to the White Sox and everything else. You end up getting him here. That's great. It worked out well, but missed some. Miss some time, you know. You want to get all this stuff handled. I do love the idea of a deadline, Ben, for free agents, uh, and they'll have one for him. Best guesses on where Yamamoto ends up. My my guess is probably the New York Mets will be in play. They've got Kodai Kodai Senga uh, there as well. He was brilliant. Brilliant! They need starting pitching in the worst way as well. Second
5: and rookie of the year this
4: year. Second and rookie of the year. He was he was phenomenal, man, phenomenal. Really, no, didn't really need a huge learning curve. Uh, came over here and started throwing that splitter and just was nasty. So you get him there. Uh, I don't know that the Padres will be in play for uh, Yamamoto. I've
3: is. heard their name mentioned a couple of times. AJ Preller does so much scouting. in Japan. Oh, he's he usually he knows the, him inside and out. He's I'm usually sure. on the leading edge of a lot of these guys, but this is it's not cash. Things. This guy's not a. Um, this guy's got a secret, not under the radar for everyone. Yeah, correct. Uh, he's a premium free agent. Everyone that Dodgers you know, will be in play has the cash. Will be interested. Yeah. Giants probably.
4: Yankees, Mets. Yeah, the, the, he he's gonna he's gonna fetch a pretty penny.
3: Also, had the official release of the 2024
4: Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame ballot. This is when you know we are in off season mode. When it is Hall of Fame chat. I mean, we
3: al- you already know. I mean, you could have said three weeks ago who are the new guys going on the ballot. But officially, the newcomers, first-timers on the 2024 ballot. Pitchers Bartolo Colon, James Shields. Wow. Catcher first baseman Joe Maurer. Catcher designated hitter Victor Martinez. Second baseman Chase Utley. Third baseman Adrian Beltre. Shortstop Jose Reyes. Outfielder Matt Holliday joining 14 holdovers uh, who got enough votes from last year to be on the ballot for 2024. I think
4: your one lock there is Adrian Beltre. I think he is a no-brainer. I agree. I
3: would say your second and third choices from that list for me are Chase Utley and Joe Mauer.
4: You're joking. Chase Utley is a baseball Hall of Famer.
3: Not, I don't think he's going to make it. I'm just saying of that list, who's probably... Of the new guys or the, yeah, guys, that the, guy, the, the guys that are remaining on the ballot? Of the new guys, of those 14. I mean, Bartolo Colon's going to get some love just for his longevity, but I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Definitely don't see James Shields as a Hall of Famer. Victor Martinez, I'm kind of surprised he's even on the ballot. I, that one is a shocker to me. Uh, Jose Reyes, I mean, great defensively, but I don't see it. Matt Holliday... I I don't know, Chance. So, I mean, I think they're the next two on that list.
4: I think... Our pal Kevin Charity tweeted out his picks, and I I, I can't disagree with any of these guys, obviously including some of the uh, guys that were already on the ballot, but listen to this. Abreu, that one is like, he's right on the edge for me, but I probably put him in. Uh, Beltre, Beltran, Manny Ramirez, absolutely. I understand the PEDs. I, I do. I hated Manny Ramirez, but boy, was that guy... An elite Hall of Famer baseball player, uh, Andrew Jones, A. Rod Sheffield, and Wagner—that'd be a pretty solid class. Now you didn't
3: mention Todd Helton, who was the closest to getting in last yeah, year, he just was. eleven votes shy he of election close. last year. You think he gets in this year? Usually, you know, when you're that close, you almost always get in the next year. So, uh, what a player! The biggest favorite, along with Adrian Beltre, who I think will be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer.
4: Yeah, I think he's, up for, yeah. he's, your, he's your luck. He's not like a 98% like
3: Tony No, Gwynn but guy, he's a lock. He's getting but, in. But I think he's getting in on the first ballot. I would agree with you on there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think A-Rod should be in. Manny should too. be in. Yeah, they're, let's you just go. can't separate out the steroid guys and the non-steroid no. guys at this point. All right, we'll take a time out. Jay Paris is going to join us. Had some pointed comments that we played earlier about last season's Padres team uh, in perspective after the, the passing of Peter Seidler. talk to Jay when we come back next year with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
7: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase just required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details after the end of a good
5: fight you deserve a nice cold reward is the mark of a fighter you've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste because you know the
7: bigger the fight, the better the reward you put in the hours the energy the tough labor you are a
4: fighter medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like
2: T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/slash network today.
1: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
3: segment of what's coming up here about to be joined by Jay Paris Uh, played some interesting and uh, pointed comments from Jay Paris a little bit earlier in the show about the Padres Uh, well we'll let him explain but essentially lack of heart in what turned out to be Peter Seidler's final season as owner Uh, we'll get to Jay right after our last check of traffic here on 97.3 the fan all right we're joined right now by longtime San Diego sports writer book author and Holiday happy hour host, and I have no <laughs> doubt that the final of the three is his true passion, as I think I got <laughs> the invitation for a holiday party like seven months in ago. In June, yeah. I think yeah, Jay out, Paris yeah. is joining <laughs> us right now here on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, Bubba.
6: Gentlemen, uh, great being with you. Uh, top of the morning to you. And yeah, when when you're on that VIP list, you, you got to put out that the invitation really for you guys <laughs> to the, save the date because uh, you, I know you guys get pulled in a lot of different Directions. You
3: want to beat sure. everyone else to save the date, so yes, June is when we get our holiday happy hour. And- <laughs> yeah, just, that's just
4: that's just good planning, Jay. Uh, we got, yeah. got I saw your your tweet uh, or your your interview with uh, with Todd Strain, uh, who's a, a good friend of ours too, and um, wanted to ask you about. It. I know you know last week obviously was a. Huh, ridiculously emotional uh, week for Padres fans uh, and, and baseball in general. You know, Peter Sadler was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal human being above uh, being a, a great sports owner, the kind of owner that you dream of. And, and you know, I, we played your audio this morning. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, I really loved what you had to say. I, I said a lot of that throughout the season, but quite as eloquently as you did. How are you feeling about it today? I mean, I, I was emotional. I probably said some things uh, to my wife that day of the same ilk and uh, wanted to kind of get your, your take on it a few days later.
6: Yeah, uh, you know, that was a gut punch with, with Mr. Seiler passing away. It seems like, uh, you know, that we talk often of San Diego sports teams curses, but, but the curse is also uh, prevalent with, with some of our, are giants in the San Diego sports. I mean, you figure, you know, Junior Seau, Tony Gwynn, Kevin Towers, Peter Seidler. None of those gentlemen saw sixty-four years of age. Yeah. So it that that's emotional in itself. But uh, reflecting on the Padres, uh, your, your eyes don't lie. You know, and uh, you know, my, my mom's got an old saying from down south: did pray for rain, don't complain about the mud." And uh, you know, we prayed for uh, an owner here to to give a team everything it could to to win. And there just wasn't much want to in that bunch last year. And uh, I'm not trying to be overly critical. What I am trying to do is to believe my eyes and, and not to listen to mitigating circumstances and not to listen to why it didn't work. What what did your eyes tell you? My eyes told me they were 2-12 and 12 in extra innings. My eyes told me they were 9-23 and 23 in one-run games. My eyes told me their high level mark was three games over 500 and for a team that mr Seidler invested so heartedly in not only with his 250 million dollars i mean this guy's a billionaire uh, you know head of an equity firm he can scratch a check but the itch he scratched was to the padre fans and here was a gentleman who who gave his money yes but he gave his heart and i don't think that was repaid uh, In time from his players' performances, were there some green shoots last year? Absolutely. Soto was had a solid year. Tatis was was Tatis, and uh, Hot Sauce Kim, as I call him, he was sensational. But there was a reason um, uh, Kim got really the biggest ovation during pregame um, introductions because he played like his hair was on fire. Now I understand you can't do that over a six-month season, and you got to be. Uh, um, you know, keen and and smart when to run it out and when not to run it out. But the passion was so evident from the front office. The passion was so evident from the fans with over 3 million people spinning the turnstiles, but that passion was lacking on field. And that's how I felt when I watched it. And that's when I feel when I reflect on it, especially now that that Mr. Seidler's gone. And he's not going to be able to taste that food of victory if they do – shine if they do have that parade he dreamed about on the water and on the land. So, um, you know, I didn't w- want to get too uh, squishy about it. But I just think there needs to be some mirrors put in that clubhouse. And it was almost a complacent arrogance that that team played with. And there's so much more there. And I'm just hoping moving forward, that that's in the past, we can't do anything about that, that dude, so going forward, that when you play the Padres, you know you're going to get nine innings of baseball. And I just don't think that was the case last year. You remember those feelings, guys. Oh, yeah. so you go behind 2 nothing in the third, and you go, well, here we go again. That's it. I mean, they were shut out 11 times last year, which is a, uh, a bet I would have lost. So Same. Uh, it, it's all about Pete, and uh, we're pulling for Pete. But uh, just to uh, appreciate and uh, to solidify his legacy in town. I mean, this guy was a saint and for him to have the impact now people come here and spend their whole life in san diego and have an impact you know on and off the field pete was only here 11 years i mean barely a decade and and he's shot up to one of the the greatest leaders in in san diego sports history and for what he did off the field which was immensely more important so you know um not trying to pile on or anything i'm just hoping going forward the players will Play with some fire in their belly in honor of Peter Seidler.
3: Talking with local sports writer Jay Paris. And uh, Jay, I wouldn't dream of disagreeing with you first because I don't want to get disinvited to the holiday happy hour. (laughs) But secondly, it's because the players admitted as much during the course of the season many times that they had that there was some give up, there was some lack of fire. The question, though, is. What changed between 2022 when they certainly seemed to have a lot of fire, comebacks, galore, one-run wins, extra inning wins, walk-offs all season long, with mostly the same group of players and the same manager back in 2023, and then it was all gone? Because unless we can kind of diagnose it a little bit, we might be doomed to repeat it again.
6: Yeah, I I would uh, disagree a little, and and those uh, invitations are are solid as well as (laughs) non-transferable. But I'm not sure sure, this didn't happen in 22. That team finished 22 games out of first place. Yeah. Yeah. And they got hot at the end. And sometimes when you get hot at the end and make a a delightful playoff run like they did, that stuff gets glossed over. I mean, that that wasn't a, a dynamite team uh, last, you know, the year before when it, when it got in the playoffs. So I don't think this stuff just surfaced this season. And I, I think maybe the winning, uh, uh, put a, uh, put a lacquer of paint over maybe the, the dissension that was in there. It, it, it just doesn't seem to be a, a team that it seems like a team when they go out to dinner, they get 25 different Ubers. Okay. And it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of camaraderie down there. Now, this is from the outside. You never know what's going on when those doors are closed up, but you can read body language and, and you can read people's quotes. And again, like you pointed out, this isn't me talking. And I took a little umbrage with, with Mr. Preller when some of the fine writing by Dennis Lynn and Kevin Acy and Bernie Wilson was laying it out that he, he just kind of swept it aside as anonymous quotes, that he swept it aside as, as idle chatter, chatter. When actually this is Juan Soto, with quotation marks around it, this is Joe Musgrove quotes. These are Manny Machado quotes. So um, maybe he did that on the public side, but he needed to realize, and I'm sure he does, and which will probably go into this managerial hire of that there was some, there was a lot of snipping
3: going on down there, and uh, it,
6: it seemed like a team in search of leadership, and I'm not sure it, it ever came about.
3: You know, it makes you wonder because it's a really good point about 2022 and that team having some flaws. What if the Padres had managed to scrape together two more wins over the course of the season and because they were playing well at the end, snuck into the playoffs, won a wild card series again, maybe dispatched to the disappointing Dodgers again, and maybe, you know, the the Phillies get cold again like they did against the Diamondbacks, and it's the Padres who get bounced by the Rangers in the World Series. Same season, essentially, like two wins, and yet we're talking complete. We're talking about hey, they took the next step. How much do we have to really honestly
4: evaluate what we've been seeing over these last couple of years? I think a lot because had they done that, we I said this, and and had they made the playoffs, I and and gone on a huge run, I still would have said. This was the worst season of baseball I have ever watched in my entire life. It was 10-1 wins or four nothing losses. Um and never, you know, rarely four in a row. And it was it would have been such a such a obviously it's great to win the whole thing. Clearly, it's, it's the best. That being said, it would have been like, oh, my God, like, how did these guys do it? They were so mediocre throughout the season. The the difference for me in the two seasons is they, were, they did play a lot harder, and they played a lot more together in 2022. Yeah, the record didn't reflect it, 22 games out of first, but you're also going up against that 111-win uh, Dodgers team in your division that were just juggernauts in the regular season. I mean— they, I never felt out of a game in 2022. Never, I never turned the game off. Never, never thought we were out of it. Boy, I did last year. I, and, and Jay, it seems like you have the exact same feelings. And again, it's not just what your eyes tell you. It's what you read. It's the quotes that they say. You know that they're, out, <laughs> they're We're out of it after you know a, a, a run or two gets on the board. And it, it was, it was all of it, man. So I, I look at it and and think to myself. Those were two completely different teams. The records may have been similar, but they felt different to me. Those guys liked each other. They liked playing baseball every day.
6: And I think two people uh, two years ago liked rooting for the Padres. It was like a likable bunch for for some reason, you know. And then this past year, it was like they were rooting almost for the front office because they were rooting for Peter more so than players. Again, we, we spoke of that feeling, and once they went down early in games, it, it felt like it was white flag time. So, you know, they got some work to do down there. Uh, I, I just hope that the legacy of, of Peter's passion, of uh, yes. Peter's uh, feelings for the fans. I mean, this guy wanted it so bad for other people. And, and this is a gentleman who, whenever you spoke with him, he was never in a hurry. He never looked at his watch. He never looked like he was couldn't uh, wait to get away from your conversation. He he was a man of the people. And he was a much more of a, a blue plate special guy than a guy that ate at the Ritz and, and, and carried himself like he was entitled. Yeah. And I, that's why this stinks so much. You know, owners, uh, it, it's, especially around here, we've had some beauties. You certainly didn't feel like you'd like to invite him over for dinner or like to spend any time with him. Well Peter Seidler would be a great guy to sit down and have a beer with. Or a long lingering lunch where he just sat there and spoke so you know he, he came at such a uh significant time too after the chargers debacle and after uh, san diego fans had been kicked in the shins year after year after year how they weren't good enough how they didn't deserve a new stadium how we're going to move as soon as we can and here comes peter riding in and saying what are you talking about? This is America's finest city. These Charger fans have supported a a product which more years than that, which was shoddy. <laughs> These guys showed up for dreadful Charger teams year after year. So while you may want to point the finger to them, you know you should point it to the front office where Peter came in and said, "Boys, get on board. We're going for it. We're pushing the chips into the table." And he rewarded the fan base instead of de- degrading them.
3: Talking to Jay Paris, last thing for me, Jay, as someone who's seen a bunch in San Diego sports, how how much faith do you have that the Padres will continue in Peter Seidler's spirit, that the team will be run with an eye on championships, not not on budgets, that the ultimate goal will be pursued and pursued strongly to bring a winner to San Diego? Good
6: question. I think with the uh, with with Peter anticipating his passing, he he, he was uh, he was the man of the people, but he was also brilliant and pragmatic and a businessman. And I think he would have had a a uh, a plan laid out. He would have the, uh, the, the the people that he wanted in place in place, and it would go on. Now, another question is: Are we going to ask the gentleman to fix this? is the same guy that got you painted into the corner. Mr. Preller. Yeah. It's like when the tow truck, tow truck driver comes up and you put the car in the ditch. And as soon as he gets there, you tell him, Hey, I want to pull the car out of the ditch. You don't know, you put it in there, you know, let me help you. So that's why this next managerial uh, hire is so critical moving forward. I mean, they have to absolutely get this right. And, I think their window is still there. I mean, the, the, the lineup is still awesome. Yes, they got massive work to do in the off season, but they can still make a run of this. And I'm just hoping, uh, you know, don't want to get too sentimental or anything, but there's, you know, a 12th man in, in Seattle next year. I hope there's a 10th man in San Diego, and that's Peter Seidel.
4: That's beautiful, man. Thank uh, you. Who's going to be the Padres manager, Jay? Yeah, what's your guess? Phil Nevin.
3: Phil okay. Yeah,
6: I think oftentimes, I know you guys are up against it, but you go the opposite direction. If the guy was a fiery guy, you bring in the mellow guy. If the guy was a mellow guy, you bring in the fiery guy. And I just think uh, Phil has a fire in the belly, still carries himself like a baseball player. And uh, he's never been afraid to stand up to anybody in yeah. his whole life. And I, I, I think it would be... I think that's the way they're going to go. It so you, might, just, it, you
3: just feel you have a better chance of getting Phil Nevin to the holiday no, happy he'll be there. hour than anyone else. Oh, yeah. Else. He, oh, yeah. So, he, you know. he might be there right
6: now. Yeah. I Thanks, Jay. I appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate you, man. All right. See you on December 1st, gentlemen.
3: Jay Paris, uh, he's got a piece out on com right now. He's got a Shohei Otani book that's out. Just search Jay Paris and uh, find out more about a local treasure that uh, is nicknamed Bubba. I'm not sure why he's nicknamed Bubba, but he's nicknamed
4: Bubba. Yeah, it's interesting that, that he said Nev, um I, I do wonder too, and they're talking about it in the chat. You know, if 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 it is Nev, uh, maybe he brings Benji or Benjamin heel with him. Uh, I you never know. You never know what it's going to be. I my gut still. I still feel Mike Schilt is probably going to be the skipper uh, named today, potentially tomorrow. Um, that's just what my gut tells me. I, I.
3: also think that has a different personality than Bob Melvin. Mike Schilt works. The yeah. S- it's not quite as much of a change in direction because he's already in the organization. But it's not like Mike Schilt wasn't known for being kind of fiery and surly as well Pauly, during his time with the Cardinals. Because Polly
4: has been saying for weeks now, and you can be Polly in his stead, he's been saying, well, I think if you go Schilt, it's Bob Melvin 2.0. I don't. I feel like those are different personalities entirely. I do. Um, in fact, I feel like all of these guys are completely different. If it's Nevin, if it's Flaherty, if it's Schilt... And uh, who am I missing? If it's a uh, heel, then those, I think those are four way different types of, of personalities, to be honest with you. And, and I, my gut is telling me Mike Schilt, but that's, that's truly based on a gut feeling. And I think he would be a different skipper than Bob Melvin.
3: My only gut feeling is that we'll at least have someone to talk about tomorrow morning by the time we get back. That's here. your gut but feeling we'll have today. We'll have, uh, we'll have some news for One sure. One
4: minute till the show wraps up. They will announce the manager in probably four minutes.
3: Uh, got some news that we can announce now. Uh, congratulations Jaden Ledee, college basketball national player of the week after his uh, well 34-17 deserved. last night against Washington. Also, <laughs> bit of surprise. Uh, Tigers uh, TGL the Golf League, the indoor simulator league Done. canceled until 2025. They're at least saying due to the damage suffered to the the dome where they had set up their whole event it was supposed to start coming up here in January been pushed back an entire year. Or so that's some big golf news that is coming out this morning. I uh, got a new AP College basketball poll. Should be out in a few minutes. I'm hoping to see San Diego State's name back in there. In the top 25, that'll do it for us. Frank, thank you for filling in for Paul. Good job. Great job, Frank. Not a. an easy job, to not easy shoes to fill, to be sure. Uh, for Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Coach John Cantera is coming up next right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3. The fan will talk to you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. So long.